Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins, breaking down all things Seahawks. Playoff week finally here, baby. The Seahawks going to take on the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round on a Saturday night. This was exactly uh, the same situation, at least from a time standpoint, that that 2006 wildcard game was. I remember it was a Saturday night against the Cowboys. That was back in Seattle, of course. Mike Holmgren against Bill Parcells. Matt Hasselbeck against Tony Romo. But uh, it still feels a little similar. He's Jordan Babineau against Tony Romo. Jordan Babineau. Rocky Bernard. Grant Wistrom. Uh, Michael Bulwer. The late Terry Glenn was on that Cowboys team. Jason Witten, Lofa Tatupu. I mean, I mean, I can't. We got to reset and remember when with that game, maybe on Friday's podcast. But this is the Game Plan Podcast on a Wednesday, January 2nd. Perkins and playoff week is finally here. Um, you know, how excited are you for Seahawks Cowboys coming up? Man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm yeah. not like, I don't feel the usual nerves uh, that I do uh, in years past. I think because my expectations are just kind of like, hey, man. This is way better than I thought they would be, so this is exciting, you know. Uh, they're in the playoffs, so but I, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm glad. I'm kind of selfishly, I'm glad it's on a Saturday because it comes quicker. Like the work week begins on a Wednesday, and you have a couple days of work, and then boom, Seahawks play right on Saturday. It's and it's in a good spot, you yeah. know. It's not the Saturday morning game, which you knew because the Cowboys are involved that it wouldn't be. Um, but it's a it's a coveted time slot. Yeah, well. it really is. It really is. And it's going to be Fox. So Joe Buck, Troy Aikman doing the game. I'm fine with that. They, they, they always do a good job. The initial the initial report that I saw said Seahawks, 5 o'clock Saturday, NBC. And I was like, hell yeah. Well, that's going to be – that would have been perfect. Oh, but, it would have been perfect because, you know, you know our, love. our love. Everyone knows our love for the Sunday Night Football Alan broadcast. Chris and Michelle and Carrie. Yeah. Uh, Tariko on the pregame. Tariko. Fire. I ran into Tony Dungy last week. Did I tell you this? Yeah, yeah. You said like you were at uh, Olive Garden or no, oh. no, 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 no. You were at uh, the factory where che- they make the cheesecake, cheesecake factory. That's they make right. cheesecakes at a factory in the mall. It's insane. I ran into Tony. Shocking they have room for a factory there. I know. I know. At a place as small as Washington Square. Incredible. So I, I do wish that they were on that. And you never know. Maybe they play their way into an NBC time what, slot. What did Tony Dungy order? That's a good question. Uh, I did not see. I didn't get a good look. You didn't ask him. I didn't get a good look. Um, I, I was. I should have. Because here's the thing about Cheesecake Factory. First of all, it's always busy. Like always. Always. Uh, Never a dull moment. <laughs> and say, I would hate to work there. My God, I couldn't even imagine. It'd be terrible. Secondly, they have a food from every single ethnicity and nationality <laughs> in the world. They have like <laughs> options for yeah. like you want Mexican. Okay. And if they if you want they, Italian, yeah, okay. Yeah, if they run out of product, they'll just take like one big dish with multiple <laughs> national nationalities and throw it in there. Like, would you like this? It's a Greek salad with a Caribbean jerk sauce. And uh You yeah. know what? I think they actually have like a a like a Szechuan chicken uh spaghetti or something. Oh there. yeah. Like <laughs> so they literally did that. You know, it's weird. You you'd feel like that type of stuff would be at the melting pot. You know, <laughs> hey, it's all coming back. Wow. If the Seahawks beat the Cowboys, though, they still won't get an NBC game the following week. I don't think, actually, if they would play the Rams, that's the thing. If they play the Rams, the Rams will play on Fox next Saturday night. So if the Eagles, you're rooting for the Eagles, obviously, because you don't, well, 
Well, there's no NBC games in the divisional round now that I think about it. So if they win, they'll be on Fox. I would give Seattle like a 5% chance to make the Super Bowl if they have to go through the uh, the boys uh, down there in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Maybe I give them a, definitely a higher chance if they have to go face the Rams. And if we it, talked about this a yeah. few weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, and the Eagles, you know, they're they're playing okay right now. They are, though. They are. Yeah. They are playing okay. They're but, playing pretty damn good, actually. But the Bears are as well. The Bears have won like 10 of 11 going into this and playoffs. That, and they, the Bears <laughs> won the Minnesota game, one, with an argument that they would be better off losing the game, two, with Minnesota having everything to play for, three, in Minnesota, and they suffocated that team. Dominated. I mean, the defense That's was so impressive. dominating, they were causing fights on the sideline between Thielen and freaking Cousins. Oh. I mean, I'm so glad that the Seahawks are not playing the, the Bears because I would not be at all looking forward to this game. Because even if they won, it would be some BS, disgusting, ugly, like, 11-8 to eight I'll somehow. Take that. I'll take that. I'll <laughs> you know? take that. The win over the Vikings, the Blair Walsh miss, it would yeah. have been brutal to watch. But but that's, that's I guess, my yeah. point. is yeah. like with, with Dallas, you're like, this is going to be a, probably a pretty fun game. So, like, I'm, I'm glad that it's that way. But you're definitely rooting for the Eagles because you want the Rams in round two if you can get it. Okay, we'll flesh out the Seahawks playoff path here more in just a moment. We'll also... Give the best and worst of the regular season as far as moments are concerned. An offensive and uh, defensive MVP and maybe an unheralded player that we want to shine the spotlight on as well. But first, this question. 27 to 24. We're recording this on a Wednesday, so we're a few days removed from the Week 17 finale against the Arizona Cardinals. Seattle already knew that they were going to go to the playoffs. Um, The Cardinals were coming in, I guess, playing for their head coach's job. With the number one pick on the line, so it kind of worked out perfectly for them losing, but they competed their butts off. The special teams for Seattle looked absolutely terrible. Giving up a return touchdown, getting two kicks blocked, one of them being recovered for a score. I mean, how concerned should we be that that Week 17 performance happened for the Seahawks going into the playoffs? I don't have a high level of concern for a few reasons. Let me tell you, let's start here. I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Negative Perkins isn't rearing his ugly head uh, for the most part today. I was going to say, you look very good. (laughs) I am an average-looking head today, not ugly. That's positive Perkins. Yeah. So, with the crooked glasses. With beautiful visage. Slept on them weird one night. But... You slept on. Them I weird. like fell asleep with my glasses on on accident and like classic. Now they're crooked. Yeah, 2019's off to a great. Yeah, it's just off to a stellar yeah. start. I have to buy yeah. new glasses. Anyway, I think the biggest reason why I don't have a huge cause for concern. First of all, let's talk about the series history between these two teams. This is the first time a home team has won a game in this series in like five seasons. Wow. I mean, it's been a long time since a home team has come away victorious. Obviously, the tie plays a big part of that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Also, when you look at it, when you look at it, offensive line injuries were a huge, huge part of this game. Russell Wilson was sacked seven, six, six, six times. Yeah, majority of those came in. I think four of them came in the first half. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he was still sacked six times in this game. Which the type of offense that they want to run is not conducive to setting yourself up for second and seventeen or third and seventeen. Right? Well, no one wants to be third and seventeen. But you get my point. When you're trying to run the football like they do. Not a lot of uh, wiggle room in the playbook to try to get big chunks like that in right. consecutive plays. It right. really stalled their offense in the first half. The offensive line is looking better. I know there were a lot of guys out yesterday in practice, but it looks like, for the most part, it's a lot of precautionary stuff. Uh, Sweezy's the guy to keep an eye on, but it looks like Fluker's going to be back, which means a Fetty 
We'll move back to right tackle. That'd be um, nice. nice. I mean, get him out of the inside. He's finally comfortable at tackle, and they move him to guard for that game. I get mm. it. There was some desperation there. But, look, hopefully Posick won't have to see any time in this game. You get a Fetty back. You get, or excuse me, you get Fluker back and a Fetty back to his natural position. Big. That offensive line is going to look a million times different than it did against Arizona. And hopefully they'll look a lot better, too. And Arizona always, you know, I don't know what it is. It's a new regime and all that, new players even. But they always seem to play the Seahawks tough, as evidenced by the home team's lack of wins in that. Are you concerned uh, with, with the way they played during the game? I was. Right now, I'm not. So I'm not sure what that is. Um, but probably, during the game, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" I think part of it was seeing how well Dallas's offense was playing against the New York Giants too. And the Cowboys won that game 36-35. Granted, Dallas's defense, I guess, didn't look great. Conversely, but seeing Prescott throw for four touchdowns and throw some dimes, I was like, ah. That's yeah, that's too bad. I mean, he he yeah, really really hot. He's really hot. He's really getting confident going into the playoffs and like he was making plays, stuff that we don't really and they were doing it without Zeke. So that to me that could be a good thing for Dallas. Conversely, I don't know if the negative momentum applies to Seattle, but I was looking at Seattle's struggles through the prism of just having watched Dallas tear it up and I was a little bit worried Sunday. Yeah, I'm not I'm not as much now, but you know, it had my attention. Yeah, and that's fair. I just think, ultimately, this team still has enough enough veterans that have experienced playoff football that they understand that you throw the regular season away and you start grinding for the postseason. Like I think I know there's a lot of young new faces on this roster, but Seattle has enough experience to me to be able to let that go. And also, you know, Fluker being there, not exactly a bad thing. He knows a little bit about the Cowboys, right? Having faced them. Uh, when he was in the division with the Giants last year, yeah. so missed I'm, some time, but yeah, he did. He did miss some time, but I mean, he, you know, it's an opponent that he's familiar with. I think that there was a lot of panicking during that game, and I was not shocked at all, honestly, with the way they played. I was shocked because Arizona had the number one pick to play for, but the players don't care about that. I know the players don't want someone to come in and take their job, right? Like. Yeah, but you could sit. No, I don't know. Yeah. You could, but they didn't because they didn't. Wilkes was coaching for his job, and he was fired. I think somewhat unfairly. Um, but uh, I, I don't know, man. I I look at it and I go, you know, yes, Arizona had everything to lose by literally winning <laughs> in that game. But I still think I, I'm convinced 100 percent players don't give a crap about draft position. They don't. They don't. But uh, you know, we see that those types of situations engineered all the time to. To take it out of the players' hands, almost. But yeah, you're right. But they, that, they that, didn't care. They played their butts off, and they almost won that football game. Special teams, though, it that, was brutal. That, yeah, it's brutal. They fell from like, did you see their DVOA went from like ninth to twentieth? Jeez, uh, from that one game. But again, is that something a symptomatic of the season, or was no. it once again an outlier? It's like, an outlier, but boy, it tells you that if you're, you can get caught with your trousers down if you if you're not buttoned up. Well, and on the road in a playoff game. You can't do that stuff, right? No, like you right. can't. You can't do that stuff. You That's... can't. You can't play that way for sure. But right. I mean, look, the defense still played pretty well against Arizona. You know, forcing turnovers. Um, and again, Seattle is a flawed football team. Like they're they're not a great team. So I guess I'm just I'm a little bit confused by the expectation versus reality with this team. Yes, they're a ten win team. Are they? And yes, they're a playoff team, and they exceeded expectations. And Pete Carroll should be in the playoff playoff coach of the year conversation right for sure right with all that being said this team has a lot of holes and a lot of issues and you know 
from week in, week out, those some certain issues are going to rear their ugly heads from time to time because they just don't have the personnel. And we saw some of that in this game with Arizona. We saw it a couple weeks ago against uh, against the Niners. But I'll tell you what, Judah, when the lights are on, prime time, playoff football, are you going to doubt Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson? Because I'm not. Not their preparation. No, I will not. And that's why I guess I, I expect them to play better because they have historically always played better when it matters most. Yes, in prime time, you know, but we can also look at a lot of playoff games where they got off to pretty bad starts. Um, Carolina, right? Uh, um, yeah, you know, caveat. But. Vikings, obviously the conditions were terrible. What's the caveat in Carolina? They were coming off that game of the Vikings. I mean, Cam Chancellor said after that game, and maybe he was just making an excuse, but he's not that type of guy. Right. I mean, essentially said, like, they were still recovering from, yep. from the Minnesota game. Yeah, so yeah, that might be, and they heated up like crazy in the second half. Um, you know, it'll be indoors, so you won't have that to worry about. I wonder if Dixon kind of like the Atlanta, but I mean, they played in Atlanta indoors a couple playoff games too. The jumbotron in there is that going to be an issue for Dixon at all? I think that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think I think it will be interesting. Although he knows that issue, maybe a factor. The guy is so he's able to control his kicks like nobody's business I think he'll get in there and he'll practice with it and he'll probably thrive he won't be ignorant to the fact that it's there he'll probably just affect his the way he kicks the ball are you more concerned about the punting special teams game or the field goal kicking special team oh field goal yeah field goal Dixon's a he'll figure it out you know I mean and and he still set the net yardage punt record for the Seahawks in a single season 42.5 or something like that breaking John Ryan so and that was with two blocked so uh or, or one blocked. How happy were you to see that kick go through for Seabass at the end of that game, man? That was big. You know, that was big. And Seabass, gosh, not as consistent this year as I would have expected or even thought. Yeah. Um. So I get nervous when he's up there. I got to tell you, even but extra I tell you points, what, I get nervous. I tell you what, playoff Seabass, though, I'm looking forward to it. Has he been to the playoffs? <laughs> That's another good question. <laughs> I think he was on that Rich Gannon he... team, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But he might have been. I think he was. He might have been on that Rich Gannon team. I was just well, going to say, well, I don't know but... if we know playoff Seabass that well. He played for the Raiders. The Raiders have stunk. Was he, was he with blood. them the year that, uh, that Texans, Carr broke yeah, his hand? Yeah. Or broke his arm? Yeah, I think he was. His okay. leg. Or his leg? His leg, yeah. <laughs> oh, for 2. Remember the Christmas Eve broken fibulas, Carr and Mariota. Oh, that's right. And Lockett. All on the same day. We'll get to Lockett later. Hashtag blessed. Okay, let's rip through this. Best and worst of the 2018 regular season. Well, let's just take this before the bye week and after the bye week. Before the bye week, you know, you started 0-2 with losses to Denver and Chicago on the road. Remember those two pass rushes that Seattle had to face right out of the gate? And then you beat these Cowboys for your first win in the regular season. You won at the Cardinals, you know, 20-17 to in another close game. Was that the game they lost to Earl? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because then you had to come back and host the Rams. Without Earl. <laughs> but they played him well. They played him very Way well. Way better than expected. Very well. 33-31, yeah. and then they went to London and smacked Gruden around 27-3. to The Oakland win was my early best of the uh, of the season. I agree, and if you talk to players, you hear what they're saying. They echo those same sentiments. That was the game where they really felt together as a unit like they had something going. You know, they played the Rams competitively. They got out of that lull. The offense figured things out, found their identity, and they just... I mean, clobbered, clobbered them. I mean, completely dominated them in every facet of the game. They came back after the bye week and took care of business in Detroit 28-14, controlling that game. 
Yeah. That was also a favorite moment of mine. It was great because you still didn't really know what this team was, and Detroit was kind of on the border as well. And Seattle, you know, I think proved a lot going on the road and beating a team like the Lions. They had a four-game stretch in November that we talked about before the stretch and we talked about during and after, where they had the AFC West Chargers at home, the NFC West Rams, who were already in control of the division at that time, on the road, then Thursday night versus the NFC Packers, and then at the NFC Panthers. I think we said during that stretch, look, if you have to lose two of those four games, you want to lose the Chargers-Rams games for the tiebreaker stuff. Lo and behold, they do lose to the Chargers in a game they very well could have, should have won. Pick six, their late helped affect that one. And they barely lost to the Rams again on the road, 36-31. And at this point, Perkins... Yes, we said if you want to lose two games, you'd lose those ones. But they're four and five midway through November at that point. Yeah, and you're you're like, oh, wow. I mean, now you have to win, right? Now you have to beat the Packers because the Packers at the time were, were I believe, above 500 mm-hmm. um, and still in the driver's seat uh, in terms of wild card position. So, I mean, you knew they couldn't go one and three or 0 oh and four in November and have a chance to make the playoffs. And lo and behold, they, again— like we have seen Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson-led teams do so many times, come up when it matters most, come up big. And that's exactly what they did those final two games. The Thursday night game against Green Bay, getting that done on November 15th was a good game. It was a good game. game. And the little touchdown pass to uh, Dixon on the seam, right? The quick hitter in the yeah. late in the game, yeah. right? The, the, he read the blitz, he saw Martinez coming, and he— Hit Dixon. That was a big moment for Ed, yeah. who was coming off the uh, injury early in the year. And then the road win at Carolina, man. I don't know if I've been as fired up all year as that fourth quarter and getting that Huge. win in Carolina when the defense was struggling and Russell Wilson balled the hell out. Yeah. Huge. I mean, just absolutely enormous win. And they ended the season of two teams uh, consecutively there. They I did. Mean, they really did. Uh, it was over. I mean, the, the, the Packers weren't very good anyway, but. It was definitely over at that point. And then, you know, the the Rams had, you know, they were coming off a win, I think, but they had lost like two or three or something like that. And uh, the Seahawks kind of put the nail in their coffin as well, it felt like. Carolina, yeah. Yeah, because then they really fell off the edge. Yeah, and McCarthy ended up getting fired not too long after that. Rivera ends up keeping his job, but fires a lot of his assistant staff after that game as well. And then December rolled around, and we knew that, you know, the schedule was favorable for them. We were just talking about that Monday night game against Minnesota. The defense crushed the Vikings on Monday Night Football, 21-7. Of course, the week prior, they beat the Niners 43-16. The Bobby Wagner pick six, one of the more iconic plays of the season for that. Um, And then stubbed their toe a little bit. The road loss at the Niners in overtime. Yeah, I mean... That happens, but we didn't expect it. No, and it's it's definitely in the running for worst of the season. I I mean, in my opinion. The, 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 The Sherm factor makes it way up there for and, me. And also you can secure a playoff spot, right? Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's frustrating because then you have, you know, you really don't have to take – I mean, I'm glad they had to take Kansas City seriously because you needed that test. But at the same time, like now you're all of a sudden having to force guys that might be a little more banged up than you'd like to see, uh, force them onto the field, right? And it's the freaking Niners. They suck. You know, they're terrible. You just whacked them big time at home. And it was, I don't know, it was just kind of one of those games you lose to, you know, I, I still think a loss to the Niners, regardless of how good the, like the Rams are, is still worse to me than losing to any other team in the division. So that was just, that was 
given where Seattle was at the time and expectation and then losing to a team like that with And the playoff, penalties. The penalties killed it. Fourteen penalties in that yeah, game. Yeah, huge. Record for penalty yardage. That was tough. Yeah. And then they came around, played Kansas City, who had ten days to rest, and had just lost at home to the Chargers with everything to play for. And they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. That's up there for best of the season, no question. What a game. Yeah. I mean, a great game in prime time. Uh, you know, you see Carson do his thing. Russ played really well, turned into kind of a shootout there late in the game. And um That's my best. It's my best as well. I mean, it's if like you remember one thing from this season, like if they lose to the Cowboys on Saturday and like three or four years from now, we're like kind of recollecting a little bit. That's the game I think that's going to stick out to everybody. Like the win against Carolina was great on the road. And, was, yeah. yeah. But, to me, it's 1A, 1B. I mean, it might be 1 and 2, given that Kansas City actually got you into the playoffs, right? And it was at home and all that. That Carolina win, man, I 339 for Russ. The yeah. fourth quarter touchdown to Moore. The fourth quarter deep ball to Lockett. I mean, but Kansas City had those moments too with the deep ball to Lockett, Carson ripping it up for 116. Baldwin going for 126 in that game. Those yeah. are up there for best for sure. I think Kansas City, though, gets the edge for what it meant. I mean, when I when I think like longevity, what games that I remember, typically mm-hmm. they're either like primetime games, playoff games, obviously, <laughs> yeah. primetime games, or games against opponents you don't get to play very often. True. Like the Ram- like the, Carolina. Like the, <laughs> like the Carolina win is great, but you're it's going to be one of those things you're like, okay, what year was that again? Because <laughs> they play them every damn season, it seems like. Right. Whereas, like, man, it's the Chiefs, and, like, Mahomes is having an MVP caliber season. They're coming, you know, against a young defense in Seattle prime time, and I love, you know, my, again, Sunday night football. I think it's way more prestigious than Monday night. I love it. I love the atmosphere, and those are the types of games that just stick in my memory. So that, that type of game for me is number one on the list. I think it is for me What's worst well. of the season for you? The worst of the season for me, probably the Niner loss in December, but also, gosh, ah, what about hmm. Bears? Bears one was tough, yeah, because Russell throwing the pick six to Mukamura, um, that's up there. The Chargers one was up there for me, too. Could have yeah. won that game November at home. God, and he's 0-2 against Phillip Rivers now? Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> Damn but, it. But, you know, Gus Bradley, just you know, like he he gets it, man. He gets it. It's just so frustrating because I don't like Phillip Rivers, and it would have been nice to see Russ beat him in his career, but it probably isn't going to happen now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put either of the Rams games up there. I was actually optimistic at both of those losses. Yeah. Given the the what the Rams had. And so. at that time, remember, the Rams were playing at a very high level, both of those games. They really were. Like the offense was not quote unquote sputtering like it did towards the end of the season. This was still that McVay offense that seemed virtually unstoppable. Yeah. So yeah, what's your worst? My worst man, you bring up the Chargers. For some reason the Niners game just just really sticks out for me. And it should for what was on the line. Yeah, against Sherm, um, and the team is terrible. Like mm-hmm. the, the Niners are terrible, but Third for whatever reason, quarterback. Yeah, but Mullins, Mullins has played with, well with all the reps in that system. He got a lot of confidence. He did. He hung in there. He, he hung in there. He played much better than a what you would expect a third string quarterback to play. And they were coming off season. being competitive against who who they played the, the week before. They had played against a good team the week before at home and hung in there with them. Maybe the Rams, but um, you know, yeah, seeing it's a tough Sherm team celebrate and and. Was it was fun. it was a tough pill to swallow for yep. sure. Offensive MVP of the season, I will go with the quarterback. Uh, what the was quarterback. his name again? Um, Russell Rus- Wilson. Hustle Russell and bustle and Jocelyn Wilson. Uh, particularly the way he throws the deep ball. Instagram put up a montage of his deep ball throws. <sighs> so so lovely. 
Um, you know, you could credit the offensive line as well, running backs and um, his receiver receivers that played in a big way. Russell was outstanding this year. Got to give him a lot of credit. He's my offensive MVP. Stating the obvious, but can't discount the value of the obvious either. Yeah, it's an easy choice for sure. Yeah. If we're thinking of a couple other ones, though, that that had a big impact on the season, I know he's not a player, but Solari, right? I mean, that was a huge, the huge night move, and day it? difference. This team's not in the playoff if Tom Cable is still there, right? I mean, I'm, I, there's zero doubt in my mind, especially given that they want to run the football. And Rush just looks so much more confident in the pocket, didn't he? Uh, when he believes in his offensive line, also. Man, Tyler Lockett, I know he didn't have the numbers. He's not even a pro bowler, but my God. Well, he's first, an alternate return man. Alternate yeah. return man. Yeah. First first receiver in history to have a perf- to, to have a quarterback throw a perfect pass rating to him this season. Wow. He also caused the most defensive pass interference penalties of any receiver in the NFL. I mean, I know that someone has to get the ball to him. We've talked about this a little bit before off air, but... I mean, you got to credit him for always finding a way to be open when Russell needs him most. And in big, big moments, he has come up huge for this team. The fourth quarter against Kansas City, yeah. the fourth quarter against Carolina. Yeah. The two biggest wins, I think, he played his, his largest. Um, and in the and return did, game, you know. Return game value. This year. Sure. And doing it when Baldwin was banged up for a lot of the season, too. Yeah. He like, stepped that's a big up. Big deal. Big time. I mean, he stepped up and more, you know, had some good moments, but you could clearly tell that he has a lot of growing to do and to have Lockett do what he did no real tangible consistent receiving option for a lot of the year at tight end as well you know Vanette was never really that guy and Dixon was injured for the first eight weeks so the fact that Lockett was able to come in and do what he did I think is is especially coming off the contract extension too I mean this is a guy who got paid and and had his best season yet as a Seahawk defensive MVP defensive MVP uh, I'm going to go with Jaron Reed. He had a really nice year. Really, really nice year. No, 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 I'm not. I lied. I'm going to go with McDougal. He had a really nice year. <laughs> he missed, he's missed a couple games late. Um, yeah. He's had that knee injury he's been battling with. But uh, And, of course, you can't discount Bobby Wagner, who, according to NFL Advanced Analytics, did not miss a tackle this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I still think McDougal top to bottom when he was on the field was one of the best, if not the best defensive player and given who he was replacing. And the fact that you lose Earl Thomas and Tedrick Thompson comes back there and for McDougal to do what he did, I think he really helped shore up that secondary for a lot of the season. Yeah. And he caused a lot of turnovers. Three interceptions. Yeah. Had a fumble recovery. He had a really nice year. Jaron Reed, I think, is a good, uh, Good guy to highlight for as well as he played. I think the two most valuable, just from a strictly value standpoint, I mean, Bobby Wagner, fourth in the league in tackles this year, um, played just outstanding ball from the beginning to end. Frank Clark, Frank Clark yep. you know, going into a contract year, rips up 12 sacks. I yeah. mean, big time, yeah. big time. Had to have it from him this year, and he brought it. Yeah, he did. He played very well this season, and um, it's going to be good for his pocketbook as well going into the offseason with uh, how well he played. But uh, him and Reed, you know, the – they don't quite have what they need yet on that defensive front, but those two guys really held it down this year. And, of course, Wagner was great, especially given the injuries that they've had at linebacker. K.J. Wright missing a lot of the year. Kendricks gets suspended and then injures his knee. He's out for the season. So for him to be the one steady presence and to play like the best inside linebacker in the NFL this season 
I mean, it speaks for itself. It's hard because McDougal comes in and plays so well. At a it's like, very important position. Yes, and it's very fresh and new. Like with Wagner, to a certain extent, it's the LeBron James effect. Like LeBron James puts up like 30, 10, and 8, and you're like, oh, yeah, he had an okay night. Right. <laughs> when in reality, he had a great night. It's mm-hmm. just we're used to seeing it. I feel like that was of Wagner a little bit. Like you're just kind of like, man, he's so good, but we're so used to it. It's kind of, you know, you see a guy like McDougal come out like that. It's pretty impressive. We'll see Chris Richard again this weekend when the Seahawks take on the Cowboys. That'll be a lot of fun. He's actually had a pretty decent year uh, as co-defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. And uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be good. Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott trying to slow down that offense. That's the biggest difference. Cooper, mm-hmm. right? Cooper's Not, been big. They have faced him this year, just in a Slightly different color of silver. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit more on Friday. Uh, Perkins, let's wrap it up here, though, and um, getting ready for Seahawks and Cowboys and the other NFL playoff matchups this weekend. It's finally here, man. I love, I love the NFL playoffs. Outside of Seahawks, wildcard weekend's great. Divisional round might be the best <sighs> round. Yeah. But but wildcard weekend's great. Mm-hmm. What is the game you look forward to most outside of Seahawks and boys? You know, it's funny because I know it's the early game Saturday, but Colts-Texans is a good football game. I know Demarius Thomas isn't playing. It loses its luster a little bit. This isn't one of those sucky Saturday matinees. It's not. No. Uh, It's a good one. And Houston's a good team. That's an 11-win team. Indy, a 10-win team. This isn't one of these 8-8 at 9-7 games that we've gotten used to seeing over the years with injured quarterbacks or banged-up personnel. This is Andrew Luck playing some really good ball, and he's healthy against a really good Houston Texans defense. They're very familiar with each other. I'm looking forward to that one, and the betting line shows it. I mean, it's Houston minus one and a half right now yeah. in a home playoff game. I got to tell you, there's not a bad game on the slate, is there's, there? There's not. Like, I will watch every moment of every one of these games, uh, and i got stuff to do. Yeah, I, <laughs> I will as well, and and I got to tell you, the that game is really intriguing, and then I was like, man, that Ravens-Chargers, because mm. I think if I had to pick right now, I'd pick the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl. What? Really? Yeah. Why is that? Um, they just lost to the Ravens by two scores at home. I hate myself so much. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I, I know, but I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's their time. I feel like, you know. See, it's funny. Two weeks ago, I would have said the same thing, but I, I think the last two weeks kind of matter. I mean, they, they had a chance to be the one seed in the AFC if they beat Baltimore, Ravens and they did Ravens have the youngest quarterback ever to start a playoff game. Yeah. That scares me a little bit. Yeah. I think experience matters. They've also engineered a really nice situation for him. And he got a big win over Cleveland. They have. He's played you well. I, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm yep. not trying to say he hasn't. I don't, want to, I don't want to discredit him. It's just kind of one of those things where, God, is Phillip Rivers going to freaking lose to a the youngest quarter? Like That's happen. how bad he is in the playoffs? He can't even beat a, the youngest quarterback ever? Well, uh, that's he, you know, it's that, more that's, than that. that's a false narrative. <laughs> it He's is not, but, pla- but that's, Lamar- that's the narrative I'm planting because I don't like Philip Rivers. I hear you very much. <laughs> to be honest, though, Eagles Bears, I think it's going to be good. Now, the line says Chicago minus six. I get that. But to see, I'm so glad. I was talking to a buddy about this. I'm so glad it's Philly and not Minnesota from a, just a viewing standpoint. I'm so glad the defending Super Bowl champs are in, that they got in as a six seed, that they did it with Nick Foles, that they got hot late. I love all of that, and it's going to be a good one to watch. Philly, Chicago, two major markets in a cold, bitter soldier field. Um, you know, Peterson against Nagy. What does Trubisky look like? It's going to be a good game, I think. Now, the over-under is only 41, so maybe not a whole lot of points, but um, 
it should be a pretty good one. I agree, though. The defending Super Bowl champs, and you have the quarterback that got him there again. Like, I couldn't agree with you more. That that both of the matchups that are supposed to be kind of lame, like your six versus your uh, three six, your three six matchups are both extremely intriguing because what are the Texans? Like, I feel like we still don't know what they are 100% this late, even though we're in the playoffs now. Mm -hmm. And even the Colts, right? Like, the defense has played so well the last half of the season. Andrew Luck can now throw beyond eight yards. Uh, He doesn't have to carry a Nerf football around anymore. And on the other side, do you believe in Trubisky? Do you believe in the team that's already done it? Michael Bennett has had an insanely good season. Really, really good season for the Eagles. How about that? I mean, I don't know, man. I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. I know we'll do our picks on on Friday, but I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm pumped, too. It's finally here. So we'll take a deep dive into Seahawks-Cowboys on Friday and uh, make our picks for that game and the rest of the NFL wildcard weekend. It is finally here. He's Brian Perkins. I'm Chuja Newby on the Game Plan Podcast, 1029thegame.com.